This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome back to a new episode of the Storm Center Podcast. I am your host, Drew Everhart, and um, got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a big rundown coming up for you as men's and women's soccer coming back from NCAA tournament. Football has finished their season, and we have a lot more exciting stuff going around as winter sports are getting started. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about hockey with uh, Jacob Nelson and then talk about football and basketball with John Kay. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hit it. Storm Center. Women's ice hockey went on the road to Concordia, Wisconsin this weekend and lost six to three on Friday and lost four to two on Saturday. They will be ho- they will host Adrian on Friday and play at Adrian on Saturday. Women's triathlon went out to Arizona to compete in the USA Triathlon Women's Collegiate National Championships on Saturday and finished as national champions. Congratulations to the women's triathlon team on a well-earned national championship. Women's Cross Country went to Shelbyville, Indiana to run in the Great Lakes Regional and ended up finishing fifth. They ended up receiving an at-large bid for the first ever team championship appearance, which will be on Saturday. Congrats to Evie Boltemeyer on her fourth selection to the USTFCCCA All-Region and Carol Haldeman and Chloe Britton on their first selections. Women's soccer placed, played against Carnegie Mellon in the first round of the NCAA tournament and ended up losing 2-1 to one in overtime. Congrats on a record-breaking season to the women's soccer team. Women's wrestling participated in the Adrian Open to start their season. They will be in the Albion Invite on Saturday. Women's basketball hosted the Cameron Hospital Classic to start their season 2-0 as they beat Canyon Kenyon 93-33 on Saturday and beat Denison 88-42. They will be at Benedictine on, on Wednesday and take a road trip this weekend to play at Wisconsin Stout on Saturday and at Wisconsin Eau Claire on Sunday. Synchronized skating will be in the Kalamazoo kickoff on this, this Saturday. Men's basketball traveled to Manchester to win 82-71 over the Spartans. They will host Benedictine on Tuesday night. They will then take a road trip this weekend to play Muskegon on Saturday and Mount Union on Sunday. Men's ice hockey hosted Concordia, Wisconsin over the weekend, winning 4-2 on Friday and 4-1 on Saturday. They will be at Adrian on Friday and host Adrian on Saturday. Congrats to Shane Broncato on being named NCHA Defensive Player of the Week. Men's Wrestling hosted the Trine Invitational on Saturday. They will go to Olivet to to participate in the Comet Duels on Saturday. Men's Cross Country also went to Shelbyville, Indiana to run the Great Lakes Regional and end up finishing 11th. They will be in the NCAA Championships on Saturday. Congrats to Noah Acker on receiving his first USTFCCCA All-Region honor. Football ended up losing 17-13 on Saturday. Congrats on a great season and good luck to all of our seniors. And congrats to all MIAA First Team members. Jamon Gibson on his second appearance. Kyle Nafe on his second appearance. Keyshawn Amison on his second appearance, friend of the pod. Ryan Hibbets on his second, and Josh Davis on his first. In second team members, Zane Kirby with his second appearance, J- Jackson Limbach with his first, Tyler Pollard with his first, Aaron Dean with his second, and, Aaron's, and Angel Sanchez with his second. And congrats to Justin White on earning the Pete Schmidt Award. 
Men's soccer played Otterbein in the first round of the NCAA tournament and ended up losing 5-1 on Saturday. Congrats on a great season to the men's soccer team. ACHA D3 men's hockey hosted Lake Superior State on Sunday and beat them 12-2. They'll be at Lawrence Tech on Friday and host Lawrence Tech on Saturday. And, then, and finally, ACHA D2 men's hockey will host Salt College on Saturday and Sunday. And now we bring in Jacob Nelson to talk about hockey over the weekend and looking forward to this week. A lot of hockey this week, as you heard in the uh, week ra- weekly roundup. Yeah, as I heard and as I loved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know when I saw the schedule, I was like, oh, Jacob's going to love this weekend. Oh, yeah, it was a great weekend. So let's go ahead and talk about, uh, let's start with women's ice hockey. Went on the road to Concordia, Wisconsin. Unfortunately, going 0-2 over the weekend. Uh what do we see from the stats? So I talked to a few of the players, and it sounded like they didn't play much as a team, which right now they're on a five-game losing streak, which is a, not playing as a team is a side effect of a long losing streak. They try to play hero ball, hero puck, mm-hmm. and it just happens that if when you don't play as a team, you get these long losing streaks. And once they start playing as a team again, then we'll start winning again. Yeah, you know, it, and it's, it's tough to really get back to playing as a team when mm-hmm. you're on a streak like this. Yeah. Because some people are like, well, obviously, I mean, it's not kind of working. I mean, I got to do it myself. But hopefully they get it figured out. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be a tough thing to do, yeah. too. Especially this weekend coming in and playing Adrian. Yeah. Who I looked at their schedule earlier today, and they played a uh, NWHL team. And they lost eight to nothing uh, against Boston Buttes, which are a professional women's hockey yeah. team. So any team that's going up against playing a professional team and then coming down here to play college, it's going to be a rough weekend for the women, I think. But hopefully, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the defense holds up. Yeah, that's wow. They only lost eight to zero against a professional team. We saw we've seen bigger blowouts from just between two D three teams. Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting to see how our women hold up against Adrian this weekend. Yeah, and uh, so they're going to be at Adrian on Saturday. Yep. So I was going to say I have camera for that, but that's I have the men's game on they're Saturday. They're at home on Friday. Okay. Is that uh, because conference they're going to switch that way? This is the first time I think I've seen the men and women do this. Okay. The men are at Adrian on Friday, mm-hmm. and then women are here on Friday, Yeah, and then they switch. So women are at Adrian on Saturday and men are at home on Saturday. I didn't know if that was a conference thing or... This is the first time I think I've seen it since I've been here. Okay. But it's definitely unique. Yeah. Because I was looking and I was like, I, okay? Yeah. Adrian's one of the schools so that we can do a one game and come back. Yeah. Because it is a lot closer than a lot of our other matchups. So pretty close. And then um, moving on to men's ice hockey, they hosted Concordia, Wisconsin. And of going two and zero over mm-hmm. the weekend, very exciting to see. As of course, uh, Shane Broncato winning Defensive Player of the Week, looking up for the men's team. Yeah, we're five and one this year. Uh, men dominated a lot of the play this weekend, and they kept it very physical. They uh, gave up a little bit of momentum, gave up a goal in the uh, Saturday game, but they got it right back, which was really good to see. Brancato played out of his mind, only giving up three goals on the 35 shots. We outshot them 84 to 35. If that tells you anything about how he dominated yeah. them. Uh, 
it was a great weekend. Only thing I would critique about with the men, maybe update the special teams a little bit. We are one for 10 on the power play. Only two penalty kill uh, attempts, which was really good to see. We didn't have any PK tries on Saturday, which was really good to see how disciplined we were. All right. So, um, and then finally, the ACHA teams are finally getting a schedule updated on the <laughs> athletics website. I've just been saying, hey, they played over the weekend, but now it seems like that they're putting this uh, schedules out there and the uh, results and um, D3 men's hockey getting a big win, 12 to 2. Mm-hmm. So, I wasn't able to watch the men's game on Friday because I was actually down in Fort Wayne roughing the Lake Superior State D3 team against Purdue. Oh, okay. And it was a lot of fun. I wish I would have been here to watch the men score three goals in the last two minutes of the game. But it was definitely interesting to see how we compared to that team now since I was, I'm able to look at the score for the D3 yeah. and seeing what they played against. But it's definitely a big win. Uh, shout out to Max Nizala for the Hattie. Uh, oh, really? Against like Superior State, yeah. Nice. Got the hat trick. And he's a defenseman, which is even that much more impressive. He had a hat trick, and he <laughs> what? He's a he got a hat trick with as a defenseman. How it, often does that happen? Last I seen it happen, watching all of Detroit, I think was Nick Lidstrom. That he's been retired for almost a decade, probably. Oh, wow. He's been retired for a while. Wow, <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, which is impressive to see yeah yeah <laughs> what else you have to say that in a wow <laughs> yeah and then uh d2 will they'll be away over the weekend but it seems like they've been doing pretty well also with the updated schedule if i'm remembering right eight and five on the year they had a little bit of a losing streak they're still in a rough patch it looks like so well, definitely be interesting to see what happens when Sioux College comes here. Yeah, very exciting to see that. And uh, just a packed weekend for hockey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another <clears throat> weekend I'm going to love. Yeah. I'm working time. four out of the five games, I believe. And the only one I have off is the D2 game in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> and I will probably still be there yeah. yelling at the players. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we had a packed weekend for basketball over the weekend. And I was very excited about that. That was, mm-hmm. but now both teams are going on the road. Like all the women's games over the next like five games are on the road, and that's just wow. how disappointing is that? That's that's unfortunate. You hate having those long road trips just because you want to play in front of your own fans. Yeah, you want to have that home ice advantage, home court advantage, and the real test is when you go on the road for long straight long streaks. Yeah, and. Yeah, now that Jacob's happy, of course I'm sad. <laughs> I love I love athletics around here, but I really just I don't understand hockey as much as I do other sports, and I yeah. it kind of it makes it somewhat interesting for me, but not as interesting as if I knew what was going on. Yeah, more than just I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, see, that's me with basketball. Is I don't really completely understand it. Mm-hmm. I just know you try to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal for me when I play. Just put the ball in the hoop. I yep. don't really pay attention to any other rules. <laughs> and if I do something wrong, I usually get yelled at. So call it good. Yeah, that's how I am when I'm doing camera for hockey. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> like, yep. 
that's going to be me uh, at basketball. It's weird because I'm used to, like, having substitutions in, like, a dead ball scenario. Mm-hmm. But instead, I just see hockey. They just flick the puck to the other side of the uh, ice, and I'm like, yep. Wait, okay, now they're now they're going. Yep. You get used to that dump and change kind of hockey. It makes the game go a lot faster. You don't have to blow the horn like youth has every minute, two minutes, depending on the location that you're at. So it definitely just speeds the game up a lot more, and it makes it that much more fun. It's definitely very exciting trying to keep up with the puck on yeah. the camera. I really don't like when they go in the corners because <laughs> I got to like tilt down and then <laughs> I don't yeah. know where the puck is. And by the time I see it, it's already gone. Yeah. It's just definitely. I think that helps with me being a lacrosse goal is it's a lot easier for me to track the puck. Yeah. Cause I'm used to face seeing a lacrosse shot come at me from 10, 15 yards out right. for, at 80 to 90 miles an hour, you're which just, yes, I know that sounds insane. You're just taking bullets. Yeah. Which, at that point, yeah, and it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> and yeah, I don't remember, don't ask me why I do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly had no idea why I do it, but I have fun doing it. I have fun with the guys, so that's all that matters. All right. Well, um, I believe that should be it for hockey this week, right? Uh, it sounds about it. Yeah. Yep. So just be sure to tune in. Of course, always go on the Trine Athletics website and you will always find video links, especially for the uh, ice hockey games, both on the road and at home. You will be able to find the links. Hopefully, I Adrian has a live stream. Adrian right? has a live stream for their NCAA. I'm not sure if they do their ACHA too. I don't. A lot of teams don't do ACHA. I know we don't. Yeah, we don't. Which is unfortunate because I like to watch the games, but it's yeah, but it is what it is. It's a lot of fun to go there and watch anyway. Right, I prefer to go in person. Yeah, it's the thing where if you're a student, you're like, okay, how about you go watch the game now? Yeah, because then you get to yell at the players. Yeah, it's so much more fun when you can yell at the players. <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever go to a trying hockey game and you, you know who Jacob will be, he'll be yelling. Yep, at you'll see me yelling if I'm not working. <laughs> Only if I'm not working. <laughs> If I'm working, I'd keep that to myself. All right. So, um, yeah, it should be it for this week with hockey. Like I said, always go to Trine Athletics website. All The links will all be there. And uh, anything else to add, Jacob? Uh, just a few keys to victory, I think, for the uh, both teams, actually. Um, taking advantage of scoring chances, both Adrian teams are really conservative on their defense, and we have to take advantage of the scoring chances when we get them. If we give up on one or two scoring chances a game, that's going to be the difference between a win and a loss. And then special teams. Adrian's special teams, the men are 33% power play and have only given up two power play goals all year. And then the women are have outscored their opponents 24-3 to this year. Okay. Minus, <laughs> minus the NWHL game that they played in. Right. So you, we got to take advantage of scoring chances. Yeah, I'm... I'm intrigued to see how aggressive we go with this. Yeah. Because usually when, because like from what I've heard, both Adrian teams are very good. They always are. Yep. So, and if you're trying, I'm wondering if it's almost like, you know, trap games or mm-hmm. they're in football. I wonder if this could be something like a trap game. Hey, let's just go out there and just try and hit them in the gut. Yeah. I would definitely, it would definitely be interesting to see how the coaches play this. I would almost say go extremely conservative on the defense and take the chances when they come don't okay. try to force them. I would, th- that would be my guess, 
but there's a reason they're the coaches and I'm not. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how that goes because you really could go either way with it, extremely conservative or just go all out as yep. hard as you can. But um Yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun weekend of hockey to watch. Yeah, if you're at, if you're at trying, come out and watch. Because I believe that is most of what we are broadcasting this weekend. It's just hockey, 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 hockey. There's three home hockey games, one each day. So, or four home hockey games. There's two on Saturday. So, okay. There's plenty of hockey to come out and watch. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, believe that should be it. Any, anything else you want to add? or? Um... Nope, that's about it for me. All right. Well, uh, hopefully... May not be here next week. We'll, 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 we'll figure talk. it out. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And now bring in John K. Talk about the final game of football, and also we're going to get into ba- into basketball here. Um, John, I know that you were away for the weekend. Uh, were you able to get to see the games at all? I was not. It was a very very busy weekend with family, nice. which was very nice. But I did. I missed out on most of the happenings around campus. But I am now informed because box scores. Yeah, that's. Thank God we have the SIDs here. Because if not, uh, shout can't. out Duffy and uh, Jeff Haight. Yep, two of the best in the biz. So go ahead and get into it. Um, football losing seventeen to thirteen to Hope, and we were playing for a share of the MIAA tournament I mean, championship because apparently in football they don't have the uh, tiebreakers for who wins. So if we would have won, we would have had the share. But I believe the thought was the season was going to be over no matter what after the game. Right, and that makes. Any team, any and every team dangerous. And, I mean, you have the two teams playing for a share of that. I guess, yeah, Hope would have yep. got the share of it. Yep. No, they'd have yeah, two they losses. Got. They would have had two losses if we beat them. Yeah. So it would have been us and Albion. Yes. Um, That makes Hope just as dangerous because they're playing for the lives just as much as we are. And, uh, I mean, we expected a slugfest, and it looks like we got one. I mean, really tough game. Both teams – not good on third downs. I think that no. was really um, one of the bright spots for the Thunder this year on on the defensive side of the ball was how well they played on third downs. Every third down, I mean, every third down is crucial, and that mm-hmm. defense, man, they stepped up huge this year, absolutely huge, and they yeah. held hope to one of eleven on third down, which is incredible. The offense struggled a little bit on third down, only twenty one percent to three yeah. of fourteen, but. That's something that can be remedied going into next year, I think. But, man, uh, shout out to the defense once again. We've talked about them all year long. And, uh, man, they uh, they blew my expectations out of the water. I figured they'd be good, but they were dominant this year. Yeah, and especially when coming to third down, <clears throat> it was very exciting to see because Hope's running backs were – they killed it in this game. And you're surprised to see that third down conversion rate so low. And – um yeah, it just sucks to end this way, but we have a lot of key players coming back. A lot of key players and a lot of positives to take away. I mean, you got some young guys in there that got some invaluable experience, and that's going to be huge going into next year. Now the key for next year is just keep playing with that same hunger you played with that – oh, my goodness – that you played with this year, and mm-hmm. you can't go into every game thinking, oh, we should beat these guys because we're us and we're seniors. 
No, that's you have to go into every game thinking you're the underdog and every team has to get your best shot. In every sport, you can't get complacent, but you really cannot get complacent in football whatsoever else. You not only will you lose, you'll get blown out if you're complacent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we see we see it time and time again. We, you know, think back to that great LSU team. They lose, they lost a lot yeah. on that team, but everybody was still like, "Oh, they're LSU. They're going to be fine." And now they suck. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, you just don't. You don't want that to happen, and I know a lot of these guys. They are extremely hungry. I see. I saw a lot of guys saying, you know, this year, this year ended on the wrong note, and yep. we'll be back next year. And that's what I've seen a lot of, and that's that's a really good sign. That's the sign of a mature team. Yeah, I love seeing that. I saw a couple guys tweeting like, uh, "By this time next year, I'm gonna have a ring on my finger." And you love to see it, but you you gotta walk the walk if you're gonna talk like that. Absolutely, but I think this is a group that can do that, and I have full faith. That next year, I will be seeing some pictures of some MIAA championship rings. Yep, and uh, yeah, just a lot of guys that you could tell have a chip on their on their shoulder. Uh, stats from the game: Alex Price went four for sixteen for seventy eight yards and two touchdowns through the air, forty two yards on thirteen attempts on the ground. Had some kind of bad overthrows. Overthrows that uh, really you would think at this part of the season you would be you would have that down pat, but. Still a very close game, even with those overthrows. Kirby went uh, for 75 yards, 16 attempts. Jordan Watson stepped in for 61 on nine. Adam Gutting had 42 yards, and Connor Arthur had 36, both with a touchdown. Aaron Dean had an interception at a big point in the game. A huge crucial point right there in the fourth quarter. Just wasn't able to convert on it. And then uh, Tyra Pollard and Kyle Nape each had a sack. And then Pollard had two tackles for loss. Nafe had one along with Jamon Gibson having one himself. A lot of defensive stats that we love to see. Yeah, and I mean, again, just going back to circling, circling the wagons back to what we just talked about, that defense this year, man, they were, whew, they were yeah. fun to watch. Um, In which quite a lot of them made um, all conference, which is huge to see. Rightfully so. I mean, we had just such a such a solid group, and I think everybody would say that, and the thing that really blew me away this year was the pursuit. I mean, that's the thing I feel like a couple – you can tell how good – you can almost tell how good a team's going to be on pursuit alone. And it teaches you a lot about what kind of team you have. You can tell how bad they want it. And it kind of – I mean, it's – you have to find a special group of guys that want to go play on the defensive side of the ball. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes. You have to be – you know, you have to be a different kind of animal. And, yeah, this team, they definitely accomplished that. One of the most dangerous units in the MIAA. And next year I expect to be the most dangerous and dominant unit in the MIAA. Yeah, and uh, another thing that sticks out with all these defensive stats, not as big as what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, but Hope's offensive line is so good. Like, I can't honestly can't believe that – we had two sacks on the day because they were that good. The running game was strong for them, and we were still able to get pressure on them, and that was great to see from the defense. You know they're going to get in the weight room, and they're going to be that much better next year. Yeah, I mean, abs- <clears throat> you're exactly right. We had two of the top five in the sacks department on the team this year, and Kyle Nath and Jamon Gibson in the in the, um, in the the conference. So, I mean, it, this team's only going to get better going forward, and – 
that much more dangerous. I mean, you can only double team one guy yeah. so many times before somebody else starts to make an impact. And I'm excited to see who that guy's going to be next year. Yeah, I am too. I expect to see, uh, especially because Yoder, he'll be off that defensive line this year. I'm excited to see who steps in for him because he's they're probably whoever replaces Yoder is probably going to get a lot of stats in because they're just going to go to Kendall Himes and Jamon Gibson. And they're yep. just gonna get him wide open. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. And again, that's a team that man, if they don't get picked to finish first or second in the conference, you have to really you're probably really gonna be questioning what the call, voters might be thinking. Yeah. Call the MIAA and be like, hey, come on. It's a conspiracy theory. Man. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. So um congrats to all the seniors and congrats and thank you to everyone who did an interview. We only had two this year with Keyshawn Amos and Jacob Yoder, but Offensive guys, you guys got to step up next year, man. Yeah, for real. I <laughs> I would really appreciate it. But uh, good dudes all around. Uh, loved having the interview with those guys. Uh, sad to see it end this way, but um, you know that they're going to be really good in the future and what they do after football. So thank you guys so much, and congrats on a really good season. So now let's go ahead and, and uh, jump into basketball, where um had a – Quite a bit of action. We had four games over the past week. We're recording this on Wednesday, by the way, so the Benedictine game happened last night for the men. But um, let's go ahead and get into the men's team where we'll go over Manchester first since that happened. Oh, just <clears throat> good game. Nice close game. We talked about – we figured it was either going to be a blowout or be close, and uh, the two guys, the returners for Manchester, really stepped up big. Yeah. Just like we saw in the Mount St. Joseph game, their two their two returning guys had huge games, but I mean this team, if my window will stay open. Uh man, this team is they're a problem and they're gonna be a problem all year long for anybody that faces them because they're just they're so tough and they don't they literally have no quit in them. Nick Bowman ended up with twenty six points. Bryce Williams, I mean Going from that shooting so poorly in that first game to the second shooting so well, Bryce Williams had five threes. Aiden Morzeka had four threes, and he was yeah. perfect from deep. I it, it just shows you how quick things can swing mm-hmm. going from so bad to so good once shots just start falling. And if if this team can get those shots to fall at even, you know, they shot 52% or 53% if you round up yep. from the field, if you know shoot a little bit worse than that. They're, they're going to win a lot of basketball yeah. games, a lot of basketball games with how good they play defense. And that Manchester environment, that was a tough environment to go into. I wasn't expecting it to be that great, but you got to remember, like... First home game in, what, 600 days or I something be- like that? I believe that. that's what uh, Bowman told us. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, and you could tell. Like, everyone's been anxious to get back into the stands to watch basketball. Um, Yeah, one the thing that really stood out to me was... uh. If you follow me on Twitter, I always recap each game by just saying one main thing that happened. And uh, I said that great win that showed off this team's resiliency never got frantic when Manchester made their runs. There was a lot of uh, key possessions there where you're thinking, oh, man, Manchester's at home. They're, if they get one more basket, it's going to be – it might be a loss in this category – for a new win-loss category for us. But um, really showed out. Uh, Nick Bowman got fired up at some points, like when – I believe he had an and one absolutely just doing what Nick Bowen does. So it's an incredible game to watch. 
And then uh, let's go on to the Benedictine game that happened last night. Trying getting the win, 75-67 against a team that they're one and two, but man, that was they're tough. Yeah, I mean, I think Bowman kind of touched on it. I'm not sure if it was when we were recording or if it was before or after. But you talk, every team's going to get give their best shot. Yep. Against you know one of the top teams in the nation. That's your that's your time to get your 15 seconds of fame if you beat them. Yep. And every team thus far has really stepped up and played one of the you know better early season games they're probably going to play. Um. It's just it's gonna be a tough road, but yeah. this trying team, they're like we said, they're a bunch of fighters. And big time second half. Struggled in the first half, only twenty seven points, but then putting up forty eight in the second half, that's huge. Yeah, man, that it was just one of those games where you could kinda tell that like the refs were kinda getting some leeway on them. And I know that uh Benedictine's best player, uh Trevor Montiel ended up fouling out. But um just a lot of times where I remember I was in the booth doing camera, and someone was like, have we shot free throws yet? Like, because we hadn't at all. But the one thing that refs did call was charges, man. I think in the first half, Trine had five charges. I think we ended up with seven on the day. We need we need to talk to the SIDs about keeping a charge stat because I would oh, love to – that's something, that's something I would love to see at the end of the season, especially with yeah. both of these teams, both the, both the men's and women's. They both – they both put their bodies on the line, and uh, I need yeah. charges and I need tips on yeah. the ball. Yeah, I need those two stats. And uh, tips, tips are a lot to ask, but I think we can. I think we can get some pull around here, and uh, we'll get we'll get some charges. It's documented here. It's incredible just see, and even when the freshmen would come in, they're taking charges. And Hayden Jones had a huge charge right at the end of the game. I believe he was the one to foul. Uh, Montiel out with a charge and if you're Montiel in that situation I don't know why you're driving in the first place that's just I digress <laughs> yeah um yeah man I mean, again that's another thing that Bowman talked about is the freshman following in the footsteps and taking the mentality of these older guys and you look at you look at what makes this this um this trying team so successful and that's one of the big things taking a lot of charges and uh I mean, the freshmen stepping up and doing that, that's huge. Yeah. And I, will, I think we'll see that going forward, not just the rest of the season, but in the next couple of years, we'll really see the impact of that as it gets passed on down the line. Yeah, and also, uh, speaking of the freshman, Hayden Jones going two for two from three in two huge points of the game where I don't know if a lot of freshmen in those situations will take the shots that he did. And uh, I'm very excited to see him in the future. He's going to ball out. And then also got to touch on Emmanuel Mignanglo with four blocks. I've maybe you have two or three short is what it seems like. One of them was like a volleyball spike right back into the ground. It was really great to see. Then, how, about, uh, how about four steals from the big fella also? <clears throat> or he's oh, yeah. credited with four. Yep. I mean, that's just – that's your defensive player of the year doing defensive player of the year things. Yep. And – and Man, he's just his vision on the defensive end is so incredible. Yeah, it's just, it's something where you're kind of like you look at him and you're like, "Man, I got it. that guy's gonna block shots." You can yep. tell, but then it's like he he does really well on offense, which is something that I don't think a lot of people expected from him. And also his vi- like I said, his vision is insane. Yep, 
I mean, that's that's something that you can't teach. No. The only thing you can teach is how to read people, but you can only do that a little bit. Yep. And he knows how to read every single person on the floor, right place at the right time, which and, you can say that for a lot of players. On and he pulled a three in the first game, and I think he's got the range. I've seen him, seen <laughs> him make it in, in uh, warm-ups. I want to see him hit a three this year. Dude, that will, I love when he pulled up like that. And then uh, also Nick Bowman with 15, Mitchell Geller, and Brent Cox with 10 apiece. Geller coming off the bench, huge for them, always coming in at the right place and just getting the buckets that they just need. Yeah, Geller is a really – he struggled at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And – or the beginning of his career here. I think it was two years ago. But, man, he's just so good. He's so solid. Yeah. And – um. We saw in the MIAA tournament. Yeah, big time, big time calming factor. And I think when you get all worked up in the games, you kind of lose sight sometimes. And uh, Geller does such a good job of coming in and calming everything back down. And yep. he'll get, he'll get you know, a bucket, and you don't realize how big that bucket is in the moment because it's like, okay, that's just some layup, whatever. It, yeah, we needed a point. We need obviously you need points, but then you look back and you go, man, that really calmed everybody back down and everybody got back in their rhythm. And uh, that's, I think that's wildly overlooked at times. And I think he's just been, he's been incredible. And I think the MIAA tournament last year really showed that. And I think we're going to see that a lot this year. Yeah. I remember at one point it was in the final game last year. Um, Geller comes in, has a big bucket and everyone's going wild, but Geller, the person who scored, says, everyone get in the huddle. He's like, hey, I just scored. Let's get this going. Keep it up, and let's finish this thing. Yep, I'm assuming that's what he said. I mean, every, I'm not in the huddle. Every, every time Mitch Geller scores in a big moment, it's just like it's the equivalent of taking a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of, you know, a little woosah. Everybody's nice and calm yeah. after that, and back to – Back to not trying to do too much, and I think that's what makes this team so special is nobody tries to do too much. They do right. They do what they need to do to win. And, yeah, because a lot of people think, you know, Nick Bowman, MIAA Player of the Year, All-American, he's going to get his, which he does, but he also, like, he was only five points. He only had five more points than Geller and Cox and uh, really just love to see this team share the ball. And they're the way they move on offense is it's almost like poetry in motion. You never really notice what happens until after the play, and you're like, wait a minute, he went all the way from the corner to there and just scored like nothing. So, um, yeah, I believe their next couple games, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be at Muskegon on Saturday and at Mount Union on Sunday, both the basketball teams are going on long road trips, and I don't like it. I don't think we have another game in MTI until the Sunday after Thanksgiving. That's, yeah, that's that kind of sucks. It's depressing, honestly. Yeah. But hopefully every school that they go to will have video, because if not, that's ultra depressing. Yep. So now let's move on to the women's team. Absolutely <sighs> killing it over the weekend, winning by 60 on Saturday. Andy Brown and I had the call on that. Um, this is a Kenyan team that you knew. It, I mean, it wasn't going to be close. Like, they're both of their top scores were averaging like 15 and 12, and that was it for the whole team. It was just nothing but guard play. 
And what else is trying to do than have excellent perimeter defense? You just knew it wasn't going to be good. Yeah, I think this is just a – I mean, it's not really a sneak peek. We we know what this women's team brings. Yeah. And we know what they're going to do. And, yeah, I feel I, – I, yeah, I feel bad for people that have to play them this year <laughs> because yeah. – there is some redemption coming, I think, and it'll be in conference play. This team, man, they play wow, they play hard. You would you wouldn't even be able to tell what the score if you didn't look at the scoreboard, you would think it's you'd think they're down twenty every time they play. Yeah. They just play so stinking hard. And um Especially if you're like in the arena hearing uh, their associate coach Rob Hoffman just scream at them all the time. He's he's awesome. And I'm, I'm thinking awesome. at one point, like, dude, you're up by forty. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they I know. don't care. Like, uh, coach Rang, Coach Hoffman, they don't they don't care. And I yeah. think they don't stop pressing until like five or two minutes left in the fourth quarter. That is them being so as prepared as they are. Yeah, is incredible. That might be one of my favorite parts about doing games. Honestly, yeah, being sitting, right there. Doing the women's games is sitting there and listening to Coach Ring and Coach Hoffman talk mm-hmm. and call things out, and it's it's essentially like playing seven on five. Yeah, their because scouting they just, is unbelievable. They know everything, and I don't remember what game it was. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was before Andy got here, and <laughs> Coach Hoffman had the game plan. He had his he had his little uh, folder clipboard, whatever it was. He goes, you want to look at the game plan before the game? <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? He goes, he goes, yeah, why would I? He's like, I don't care. He's like, you want to see all the stuff we see? And it was incredible. Like, man, it, uh, they are, they're incredibly prepared. And having them on the sidelines, it really is like seven on five because they're just – they're crazy, calling everything out. And I think the ladies also are extremely prepared because yeah. – they're they're just as pre- I mean the coach they are just as prepared as the coaches. Yep. And you know it's just it's wild the yeah. level of attention the attention to detail that goes into it. Man, I just that team is that team is fun to watch and they don't give a rip. Yeah. They do not give one single rip about yeah. the score. It and was, I mean like, it's tough to play like that. You because you can all you had to do is one glance at the scoreboard and go we're up forty why are we doing this yeah but I think again that just gets them they there's one goal in mind I feel like and that is beat hope yep and I can't wait for that game to happen <sighs> because that is going to be such a good game I mean I'm it was so it was great last year yep. being the uh, being watching at, it was unbelievable being at MTI which was empty mm-hmm. at the time. Um, <clears throat> wow, that was still like the the atmosphere in there was absolutely nuts. Yeah, so and I can't wait for a I can't wait for a packed MTI center this year. Yeah, last night was packed at the men's game. I saw I saw pictures. That was incredible. And um, going back to Hoffman, one thing that he did on a Sunday, I believe, it was against Denison. It was a baseline out of bounds play. Which baseline out of bounds plays they're pretty important. You got to know where they're going to try to get you at. But at this point, they're up by like 25. And I think the second string is in at this point. And he's going to uh, switch a double screen, switch a double screen. 
And then, like, and then the wait for the triple. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I think they literally – I think they might be telepathic and just, like, I've, they can read the other coach's mind. Because, I don't think they sleep. I don't think so either. <laughs> I, yeah, you might be right. I, don't, I really don't think they it's sleep. It's quite possible. I mean, the, all they do, I feel like all they do is just watch film and go to practice and yeah. watch film and go to practice. Like, they don't eat. They don't sleep. They take, like, a 15-minute power nap, like, every, I don't even th- think they do like every three days. But uh, no, those guys are those guys are awesome, and they're awesome off the court too. You run into Coach Rang or Coach Hoffman somewhere, two of the nicest guys yep. that you'll meet on campus. And uh, yeah, after the Kenyon game, just going through a lot of stats. Tara Benovich, uh, fifteen points. Uh, KT with eleven, uh, and then to lead all scores, Rachel Stewart, who came who's like the third or fourth person off the bench, leading with sixteen points and the big. Stat four steals felt like forty. If I'm being honest, the amount of touches that she gets on the ball when guarding defensive player of the year. I'm yeah. I'm we're start start the campaign. Oh, I already did. I tweeted. I tweeted after that game. Bad night for those who didn't vote for Rachel Stewart as defensive player of the year yeah. last year. <clears throat> yeah. Uh. Yeah. And I even told her like uh we had an interview with her after game and she handed my uh headphones back and I said you got snub last year by the way. Yep. <laughs> Just but it's. Wow. It, oh, let it man. be let it be known. Yeah. If again, I'll say it again. <laughs> Even though MTI is packed, there's still room to stand at MTI. Yeah. You don't want to miss a thing that happens in that building this no. year between those two teams. Oh man. Just <clears throat> love watching both teams, but I really love watching the women just a tad bit more. And that's just un Yeah, I I've I don't I'm I don't not know. gonna pick a favorite. I'm not because I might get beat up by both sides. Somebody, <laughs> I don't know really they might, anyone. They might send either. some goons after you, dude. I don't know anyone on either side. So they might whatever. send. Well, they they might send some goons after you. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell them straight up. I'll snitch on you. I don't care. <laughs> hey, who's what's Drew look like? Oh, here you go. <laughs> it's like having a kid, dude. You can't pick a favorite. You never heard that before. You know, people pick favorites. You know. You know. Yeah, um, I can give you. It's not me. I'm not your favorite <laughs> child. <clears throat> All right, that's enough. <laughs> Next game. Okay. They Denison. Played, they played two games. Yep. Denison at Trine. Trine winning 88-42. Weird seeing the women's team at MTI wearing the blue uniforms. That kind of threw me off a little. Just because, you know, two-day, like, tournament kind of thing. Yeah. You don't have to turn around to, uh, for either team to get their clothes washed. Um, just another big defensive game. I don't know what else to say. Like, you can talk on the men's side. They have a very good defensive games. Like, women just have defensive shutouts. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And uh, if, if they played baseball, their ERA would be uh, <laughs> really low. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, can't even th- I can't even think of a number that low because it, it literally hurts my brain. But, yeah. man, they just – I can't wait. I can't wait to – call the first women's game because you know it's it's like smothering a fire. Yeah. <laughs> Except the fire's already out mm-hmm. and you're still smothering it and spraying the fire extinguisher on it. And you're calling the fire department even though the fire is still out. That that is how the women play yeah. and it's just it's an absolute experience that again, it's just incredible. I can't I can't wait can't wait for the first game that I get to watch them play. I forgot how much I missed calling games, if I'm being honest. I forgot how much I missed watching basketball around this place. I think it's 
part of it's it's Indiana, so it's yep, it's big basketball environment, but there's something extra, something uh, extra being in that being in the MTI Center, so watching a game in Hershey wasn't the same as it is now. It's completely different atmosphere, and I I love it. So I never saw a game in Hershey. Yeah, I've well, only you, seen volleyball. You weren't missing too much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one thing that I will say about both these games, though, I forgot to mention the Kenny game. It took a long time to score for either team, really. Like, I believe the Kenny game, it started out very close until Rachel Stewart came in, got a steal right away, and scored a layup, and it was over from then. But at this point... For the Denison game, the lid was on the rim, especially for Tara. She didn't really start scoring until the second half, but she still ended up with uh, nine. <laughs> Looked the wrong person, sorry. Ended up, ended up with nine. And um, just really a game. Sam, Under, Sam Underhill leading the way with 11. KT right behind her with 10. And, yeah, you knew that both these games was going to be a battle in the post, really. But especially for that Denison game, and that was a uh, very exciting to see. I I don't know, I just love watching basketball. Yeah, I'm <laughs> happy basketball is back. And uh, going back to Tara struggling a little bit in that second game. I mean, it's early season. Yeah, it's just one of those early season things. We know, we know what she is capable of. Yeah, even and, though she was like still like Ben Wenger and I were talking about it. She, we were saying, oh, it's probably just one of those days for her, but then second half, she hits three threes. Yep. So like, even though it's one of those days, she's still hitting shots. Ebbs, ebbs and flows, man. Ebbs and flows. And I just so glad basketball is back. Well, speaking of being, basketball being back, where's their next games at? Next game. Or games. when are the next games? For So both teams are going to be on the road. The women's basketball team is on the road tonight at Benedictine. Uh, check that out on, of course, always go to the Athletics website. There's always a video link. And um, the women's team will also be on the road for a road trip Saturday and Sunday. Saturday at Wisconsin Stout and Sunday at Wisconsin Euclair. I think that's how it's pronounced. Who knows? But the nah. next game that you'll be able to watch on the Trine Broadcasting Network is the Sunday after Thanksgiving Men's basketball versus Baldwin Wallace. Who's doing the game, Drew? Two o'clock. Who's John, doing the game, Drew? John K and myself. Yes, sir. We'll be on the call. That's I'm so excited. That's gonna be a good one. It's been a while. Yeah, I think it's, it's been, been since softball. Since softball. Be a good would... one. Be good. I love <clears throat> play by play by for basketball is so much fun. So excited. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Is it Sunday yet? <laughs> Next Sunday, whatever. <laughs> we we can try we can uh, try and make it go faster. But um yeah, I believe that will be it for uh, football and basketball. Uh, excited basketball is back. And, um, yeah, let's – cannot wait for next Sunday. Big thank you to Jacob for coming in and talking about hockey. Always a pleasure with him. And, uh, of course, thank you for John coming in and talking about um, football and basketball. It's just going to be really exciting. Cannot wait to do a game with him on Sunday after Thanksgiving. And speaking of Thanksgiving, next week uh, we have a short week here at Giant University. Uh, so we're not going to have our regular hockey talk and basketball talk. It will just be the rundown of what happened this past week and what will happen the following week of Thanksgiving. So it will be a short episode next week. Apologize for that, but we all want to get home to spend time with our families for Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for listening. 
Uh, be sure to follow everyone on at Storm Center Pod, at Trine Broadcast. Jacob Nelson is at Nelson0973. John is the real John K underscore, and I am at DEverhart00. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.